Life Audio. Welcome back, everyone, to Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine. Today we have on our very special guest, Brittany Whelan. She's a good friend of mine. She lives with her husband, Sam, in the Michigan area with her three kids. And I love the topic that we talk about today. We really talk about praying for our church leaders. I'm going to read to you the scripture that we talk about. The first one is in 1 Timothy 2. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. After a few words from our sponsors, I hope you enjoy hearing from Brittany. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Awesome. I'm also excited just to hear like what's been going on in your life through these questions too, because yeah. I feel like I, I don't know, like it's so hard to have the one-on-one catch-up times with people. So yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was thinking, I'm like, is this going like too far back? Because I feel like what I'm talking about is like distant past and not very recent, but that's okay. So it's good. whatever comes to your mind, you know? Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Okay, cool. I'll get started with the questions then. Okay. All right. So Brittany, when did you first start identifying yourself as a Christian and how did you come to know God? So I grew up going to church. Um, I don't think I have a turning point because God was always a part of my life. My parents always had us going to church all the time, no matter what. Um, So I'm so thankful that I have a quote unquote boring story in that respect. Um, But I do remember um, somebody asking me to give a testimony in Mm -hmm. high school. And I got so nervous and just panicked because I said, I'd love to help, but I don't have a testimony because I just thought that you had to overcome some huge obstacle in your life to like have a testimony. Um, And I just felt so, you know, consistent. And at that time that felt boring and not like a huge blessing um, for what I see it now. Um, But yeah, I've, you know, preparing for this podcast, actually, I realized like the past 10 years, I thought that my, um, like I solidified my relationship with Jesus in college and looking back further than that, I realized like, no, like high school, I, I really was walking with the Lord. And so I think that's like been a blessing to just like open my eyes and kind of step back and, and look at that time again. Um, but 
yeah, the first three years of high school, I just felt very solid. I had a great youth group and, um, yeah, it was a great youth program, even though it was so small, it was so influential for me and so many other students. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, being a Christian in high school is, is tough. Like that was not the most fun path, um, to choose, but, um, yeah, the other students and I in the group, like really supported each other and gave each other knowing glances in the hallway. And so, yeah, it's just been a blessing to look back and think like, no, I really was walking with the Lord at that time. Mm, Yeah. So I know you touched on it a little bit, but like, was your high school a Christian high school or was it like full of people who weren't necessarily the same faith? No. Yeah. It was just a public high school, but I'm from a small town. So it wasn't huge. Um, maybe one thirty, I graduated with, um, but yeah, I mean, just being a Christian and having to make choices that um, align with your beliefs is is tough. Yeah. And especially in high school, like you said, when you're kind of just figuring out what that even looks like, like, I feel like, you know, college is hard too. And then, but beyond that, you kind of get a little more established in who you are and you feel more confident. And so it is really hard at first when you're just kind of coming into your own and deciding like, okay, what does it actually mean to stand apart from other people? And can I really do that? So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's difficult. Um, so what would you say have been some experiences that have you, that you've had that have helped shape or change your view of God along the way? So like, it could be a significant event or just a season of life that maybe has defined your faith for you. Yes. Um, I think that every big life change, you got opened your eyes to new things because you're experiencing new things and mm-hmm. changing your heart and how you think because you're, you're experiencing new things. Um, but yeah, looking back, I think there are three um, particularly tough seasons that I've had in relationship to church um, that ultimately did have an impact on, impact on my walk with the Lord. That just reminds me all the time that while um, people are broken. God is not, and the church is made of people. And so it can be a, um, a tough place when your, your eyes are opened to hard things. Um, but yeah, so the big C church, you know, just like not the church down the street or the church that you're part of, but, um, the body of Christ, the global church is, is a safe haven. Um, and it's not without suffering and God always uses that. Like, like I said, there's broken people there. And so it, there's going to be hard things. Um, but yeah, I talked about high school and how the first three years, like, I really feel like I was walking with the Lord so solidly and just had that support. Um, but my sophomore year of high school, um, my youth pastor was someone who we all loved. Like, um, yeah, I didn't talk about my church a lot, but yeah, it was a small church, but we were growing in youth group numbers because, um, we were just learning so much and just, you know, getting, gaining that traction. Um, but he was arrested for having relationships with girls in our um, group and it had been going on a while. So at the time that was obviously devastating for me, for my friends, for the church, for the community, like small community. So got that um, travels quick, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was my sophomore year, but pushing through that and knowing that while the church is not perfect, that the Lord is, um, by senior year, I just felt that pressure and I was ready to be, not be so different. Um, 
Yeah. And I just, I remember thinking like, it'll be different in college. Like it'll be different in college. It'll be different in college. And I don't know why I just, I, I really just feel like I was given encouragement to like, just push through this. And um, so yeah, senior year, I just kind of took a step back from my relationship with Jesus and said like, you know what, this is too hard right now. Um, But college absolutely was a catalyst in deepening my faith. Um, I immediately got involved with the college ministry. Someone started discipling me. That was just incredible. Opened my eyes to so much more scripture and really the Holy Spirit. I feel like I didn't understand how important um, him speaking to believers was. Like I just didn't recognize that importance and how sweet that is. Um, But yeah, when it, so, um, when I was still in college, I started dating a um, pastor and um, mirroring, you know, what I was saying earlier, just like kind of seeing the brokenness of the church, how um, a teacher of my youth pastor who was so solid in teaching, he, he knew the word and he knew how to teach it. And we were growing like what a blessing that was and how I would not change that experience because of how, how much I grew. Um, yeah, just like mirroring that with dating a pastor and, you know, all the pastor's wives out there know this way more than I do, but like the curtain is really pulled back on how messy the church is and how broken people are in the church. Um, I, I just look back at that and think like, um, I'm so thankful to know that because it helps me look at, um, leaders in my life uh, and know how important it is to pray for them and to mm. be, um, yeah, just there for them, supporting them. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's really important. And I've seen that in three different leadership areas in my life where there's been significant hurt, but it's been such a blessing. And I'm so thankful to have walked through those things. Um, Yeah. And I think that there are people out there who believe that it's important to get your life together before you have to come to Jesus or come to church or anything that is um, relating um, Jesus or the gospel. And it's just not true. Like we're all so broken and um, it's just a crazy mess of people trying to follow Jesus together. And yeah, I think it's just really important to know that you do not have to have any part of your life together. Um, to come to Jesus. Yeah, I really love that too, that you even shared that in the midst of your high school youth pastor, obviously doing something wrong, like there's no doubt about that. But at the same time, like he was still teaching the word to you and like that still helped you to grow in your walk with Jesus. So it's like God in the midst of that pain and that sin and that brokenness was still working. And he was still Mm -hmm. using the situation to further his kingdom and to bring people closer to him. And that's so God, like no one but God can do that with broken people and through our mess. And so your story is just a perfect example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if I feel like a mess, like God is probably more likely to be using me in that season than if I feel like I have it all together. Like God Mm -hmm. does use broken people so much. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, 
you know, obviously that youth pastor who did that, like, you know, sin, all sin has consequences. Like there are negative effects that come from our sin, but God will always turn. He will always work for the good of those who love him. So like, um, I just think like, even like encouragement for us as broken people, like there's grace when we mess up and when we make mistakes, there's grace. But in also in that when we repent and like repent means actually like turning the opposite way from sin. So when we're able to say like, okay, we recognize that what we're doing is wrong. And we also recognize we can't change the past. What's done is done. And I've done this, but now I can turn the other way and trust that God's going to just bring beauty from this scenario and bring glory to himself through it. And I love that that is what we can say is true of the Christian walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So thanks for sharing all of that. And do you have a favorite verse or something that you've been learning like lately that you could share with our listeners? Yeah. um, You know, I, I'm still learning this and I, I mentioned it briefly because it has been on my mind, but um, I just keep learning it in waves as, as we come into contact with new people and new leadership is just, um, praying for your leaders, praying for your pastor, pastor, your mentor, your spouse, your friends, just praying for their, for, um, their walk with the Lord and for their desire for him to really saturate them because yeah, the people that you're with the most are going to influence you. And so it's just, yeah, very important for, um, to pray for a hedge of protection around them. Um, it's, it's one thing to know that the church is messy and full of broken people and just to like watch it happen (laughs) and another to be praying for those leaders. Um, yeah. And pray, praying for that hedge of protection around their life. Wow. I really like that you brought that up because you're right. It can be so easy to just recognize the brokenness and then sit in that and just be like, okay, yeah we're broken. It is what it is. But I love your call to action of like, no, we can actually pray to change that and not to make people perfect, but certainly to, like you said, protect them in their positions. And I think that is so important for church leaders, especially because the pressure that they're under is just so great. I remember we had um, a pastor at my old church who had to step down. Um, and I don't know the the intimate details of that situation, but I just know that it's gotta be a lot. It's gotta be yeah. a lot for these people who've made it their life to shoulder the burdens of however large their congregation is. That's a lot. And yeah. not only to, to shoulder the burdens, but to teach and to be held accountable by that many people as well. And mm-hmm. I I just love your um, suggestion to pray because that is, I think, a really cool way that we can partner not only with God, but with our community as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, your leaders and their families um, and, and for protection, but also like messy things are going to happen and how they handle that. And um, yeah, just that they are going to the Lord for discernment and wisdom and that they have wise counsel around them. There's just so many layers um, of prayer that we can be doing for them Um, that, I mean, I think it's our responsibility too. you know, God gave us those people in our life and that's the best way we can take care of them. 
Yeah, I really love that. And and you're right because it's like when we just attend church and yeah, maybe we serve in some capacity or um give financially or whatever to support the church. Like there's ways that as just members we can do things, but I think prayer is the most powerful. Um like God did say, um, there's scripture. Oh, I'm going to have to pull this up. Mm-hmm. I think I have it written down. Hold on. Read it. Um, I think it's, it's in second Corinthians. It's the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. But I love that because the weapons we fight with aren't like actual weapons. They're just spiritual weapons of prayer and mm-hmm. Um, petitioning to God and asking him to change and to save. And those things are what demolish strongholds in people's lives. Yes. Um, I even love that for my kids too. I've been just really, I don't know, holding fast to that because my heart just breaks already for the sins that they're going to face. I mean, they're young still, but I mean, I just know it's coming and it breaks my heart already. And so I'm just like praying that, that for my kids, even that the the weapons of like, all I have to defend against that is prayer for them. And yeah. so that's all I can cling to. Two, one through four says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for Kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like that they're asking you to pray for Kings. Like we can pray for the people who, you know, are in government and, Mm-hmm. like empower in that way. We can put, pray for our leaders, pray for honestly, even our husbands. I need to hold, you know, that in my heart too, just like mm-hmm. leading our family and everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I don't know about you, like as a, and this is putting you on the spot. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but just as like a busy mom and just kind of having, you know, a lot going on, how do you pray? Like, what is your prayer life look like or how do you really make sure that you can do this Mm -hmm. yeah I think about a year and a half ago I started meeting with a mentor mostly for this reason because I was like I have fallen out of prayer being a rhythm and like please teach me how (laughs) and she was basically like I cannot like you either (laughs) you either set aside aside time to do it or you just like make it a part of your, your daily walk with the Lord. Like it happens throughout the day and I can't make you do that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is a discipline issue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like not surprising for me. Um, so yeah, I, this past year has really, it's become more of just a discipline of in the moment times where I am praying for, I mean, and any of my children, myself, um, somebody we see, you know, that it happens in the moment and not later. Or if somebody comes to mind that I'm acting on it now because things in my mind are fleeting and like, they're not going to stick around. And so, yeah, I think just being more aware and in tune with the Holy Spirit, I think that was part of my problem too, was I fell out of just being 
aware of what the Holy Spirit was talking to me about. And so that led to a lack of prayer because I didn't have guidance. And so, yeah, it felt more forced. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't know about you, but like for me, I made the realization that I was doing a lot of like someone would come to mind and I'd be like, oh yeah, I need to pray for them later. Or like something would come up, someone would ask for prayer and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll add that to my list. But then it's like, it never, like it never happened. And so I felt really convicted because I was like, why am I not just stopping right that second and praying? Like what is keeping me from that? And I kind of realized in myself, like it felt exhausting, like, or it seemed exhausting. Like, I don't know what it was. Like something in me was telling me it was exhausting to pray, even if it was just for a minute right then and there. And, um, I don't know. I like, I've been fighting that real recently, just being like, and, and what I'm realizing is when I actually fight it and do it, I don't feel exhausted. I feel filled. I feel satisfied. Yeah. I feel like that was what it's all about. And right. my soul feels full. And so I think it's just fighting that lie. It's probably honestly Satan telling me yeah. that like, oh, you're going to just be emotionally exhausted if you talk to God right now. And right. Right. Go yeah. there, you know. What's more emotionally exhausting, talking to God or putting something else on your list? Like <laughs> that like doesn't add up, but I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like stop doing something else right now when I have seven other things that need immediate attention does seem like a lot, but it's yeah, the most filling thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that we're even just talking to each other about it because that's my reminder, like, okay, yep, <laughs> keep doing it because it's it's the real stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I usually, I'm a very all or nothing person. So I feel like I either need to make a plan and stick to it or just like wait until I feel like I can do that plan. And when it's just like talking to the Lord doesn't need a plan. You don't need a plan for walking with the Holy Spirit. So. Right. Oh, I, I get that because yeah, sometimes if there's like this really big thing I need to pray for, I'm imagining I like wait till the kids go to bed. I'll light a candle, put on some worship music, go in a room by myself with a journal, pull out scripture and like pray over it. Right. And that's what I want. Like, yeah. cause to me, that sounds like, yeah, that's the best way I can pray for someone. But then when I realize I don't have that capacity, first of all, right now, chances are I'm going to be too tired and it's not going to happen or something's going to come up. And so really the best I can give right now is to just stop in a moment. And even if it's 20 seconds asking God for something like that's enough, he doesn't need any more than that. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for sharing this. I, I always say this, but these questions just bring up such different topics. Um, each person that, you know, answers them. And I, I love what you brought up because it's honestly something I, I really haven't thought about in a while, praying for our leaders and keeping them in our hearts and making that a priority in our life. So thank you. Thank you for talking about that and for bringing it to our attention. And I'm sure that people listening to this are going to really enjoy it too. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And like I said, it, it comes in waves, you know, we learn, we learn things and it, and we kind of lose it for a little bit and it comes back. And so I think this is one of those things, but yeah, I hope it's encouraging to begin again. 
thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. I want to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. And if you'd like more information on Sparkle, you can visit us at sparklefaith.com. That's all for now, and I hope your week is filled with the sparkle we all need. Hey there, it's Carly Mercouli, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.